Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're joining us. A special guest that I think is a real treat. You'll be excited to listen to some things that have, you listen to me all the time. So it's time to hear somebody else and their philosophy of money, how they grew up and how some of that impacted their, their philosophies of money and, uh, and even how it translated into some career moves and changes and so forth like that. But uh, anyway, we are excited. Of course, we're not, uh, I'm recording today, so you won't be able to call any questions, but we still want your questions. You can send your questions to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And, of course, that's the same place you go if you want to listen to some previous uh, programs. We've got those recorded and put on that website so that if you want a particular topic that you want to learn more about, so let's say insurance or estate planning or something like that, just put in that search word, and it'll come up with all the different programs that we've talked about that particular topic. And you can learn as much as you want, rewind, play, and just uh, to your heart's content. But today... It's, it's different. It's real special because uh, I've known Sandy and Karen McCormick for, maybe we won't even talk about how long that's been. It's been, it's been a long time. Long time. Yeah, but thank you guys for, for joining me and uh, coming over <laughs> to the studio and in person and, and welcome to the microphone. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to talk about God's kindness to us and just some things that he has shown us over the years and especially lately as we've transitioned into retirement. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll find that pretty quickly as you're listening that Sandy's the talkative one and Karen's the the silent, the the quiet, strong type. Because uh, yes. I know she's had a lot of what? I, yes. I, I, yes, that's yes. correct. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'll make sure anytime you're going to say something, we get you on. Yeah. Uh, there. So we want to talk a little bit about your background and how uh, you guys got together and how you met and that kind of thing. So I'll, I'll let Karen start because uh, you know, that's fine. I always, always want to have uh, that perspective. So, uh, but you grew up. Uh, I grew up in a Yankee and yeah, I grew up in New York. Yeah, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Uh, My dad was a pastor. Mm -hmm. There were seven of us kids, so you know, my money was tight. I'm the middle child. Okay, there were five in my family, so I have four boys and one girl. So I, I have an idea of what that means to be a. We live next door to the church. Did you guys live? We did. Church. We did. So does that mean everybody shoveled snow and the... The boys did okay. that. Oh, they didn't make you guys No, no, they, the, the boys did that, uh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what got you down to Greenville? My parents came to Bob Jones, okay. and so that's where we knew we'd be going when we went to college, okay. so... It's understood. Yes, it was understood. Uh, same way my family, yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, my parents both went and studied mm-hmm. pastoral stuff. I guess mm-hmm. your dad did, too. Yes, and, and, yes. Uh, and so, okay, that got you down to, to Greenville. right. And uh, and then you you stayed. I've been here ever since. <laughs> Never left. You must like it here. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So uh, Southern California boy. What, what gets a Southern California boy to come to Greenville, South Carolina? Yeah. So <clears throat> growing up in Southern Cal, uh, my dad uh, 
when I was in the sixth grade, he put me uh, into a Christian school that was connected with an independent Baptist church out there. And uh, we eventually wound up becoming members there at the church. And from time to time, they would have uh, teams from Bob Jones University Mm -hmm. come and travel and perform at the church and things like that. Um, And so my dad got acquainted with Bob Jones University uh, through those teams traveling and getting a chance to talk with the team members and things like that. Um, And then also we had, in my youth group, we had uh, friends who were older than I was that they came back and went to school at Bob Jones. So then they'd come back and talk about, you know, their experiences on the campus and things like that, what they liked and that kind of thing. And that was helpful for my parents and for me too. Well, you'll appreciate this, especially Karen being in the pastor's home because you only had one, brother right i so did big different experience than having six brothers and sisters yes or in my case four mm-hmm. yeah because uh, you didn't have much money as a, as a pastor especially in one of the independent uh, my dad was a grace brother and pastor okay. and i still remember my my oldest sister my only sister and she was the oldest in the family my brother coming home and they were talking to us about going to bob jones and and the reason we're talking about it because we were in ohio and transferring to florida and, and so instead of starting a church in a school up there and then transitioning to a school down in Florida, they decided to put me at Bob Jones in the academy at Bob Jones. Uh-huh. And so they were talking about different things. And the thing that struck me the most, coming from a family, I guess, that just mm-hmm. didn't have that much and didn't realize mm-hmm. it, was they said they, they would have Fritos in the dining hall. <laughs> <laughs> and you could have as many as you wanted. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. this, is, this is my kind of place, right? Yeah, yeah. I can go get all the food yeah. I want. Yeah. So, oh anyway, funny, funny things that you remember mm-hmm. when you yeah. come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you, you met there in school. We won't go into all the details of yeah. what happened. Yeah. You got there in school, and uh, then you since graduated. You were, you were uh, in, in, in. You weren't in biblical studies at all. No, I started out in accounting. All right. Uh, and then over a period of a couple of years, the Lord just really impressed on me to, uh, take advantage of the opportunity to study more about the Bible mm-hmm. while I was at Bob Jones University. Okay. And so, um, I actually switched my major and went an extra year and, uh, I got a, uh, Bible degree. Okay. So you did get a Bible degree. Yes. Uh huh. And then I actually, um, I had a chance to do two summers of counseling at the Wilds Christian Camp. Uh, good experience. Yes, yeah. and so I really enjoyed that. I had a chance to be a um, hall leader in the dormitories and do some discipleship and things like that there too. Yeah. Yeah. So I wound up getting a graduate degree in pastoral studies for the counseling classes. Not that I was going to be a pastor, right, right. which that's a whole other yeah. turn in the road Yeah, that'll be later. in a couple that's decades. Another segment, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> what was your main major, though? Uh, my main major was, it started out in accounting, switched to Bible, graduated with a Bible degree, uh, okay. and then I got my uh, master's in pastoral studies. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, graduated, got married right after graduation? Yes. Is yes. that right? Okay. Yes. And now? Uh, 1978. Yeah. Okay. Uh, June 1. Youngsters, 78. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and now you've got, uh, tell Karen, children, grandchildren? We, we've got three adult children. And um, two of them are married, and we have five grandchildren with one more on the way. One's on the way, yeah. And they're like seven, and two seven-year-old boys, two five-year-old girls. Oh, twins. And then, 
Not twins, oh, cousins. No. Oh, cousins. Okay. Cousins. Different but, families. But they all live yeah. here in Greenville, so they're all together. You get to see everybody. Yes. Frequently and help yes. and get engaged. And they were talking yes. about you being able to engage. Yes. In, yeah. In their lives. Yes. And, yeah. And we get to commit them. about three half days a week yeah. to being involved in the kids' lives. We really enjoy that. And it gives the moms a break. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, we come back for the break. I want mm-hmm. you to talk a little bit more about, okay, graduation. And, and of course, the kids come through all mm-hmm. the, at different times while you're doing your career. Right. Mm-hmm. But you had a unique uh, career path that I think it yeah. leads us up to retirement that I think would be helpful for everyone to, to hear okay. more how, okay. how, all, how God really led you through all those pieces and put them together. Yeah. I think it's an exciting story. Happy to share that. Yeah. So we'll be back uh, with more of Talking Money, the second half, second uh, quarter, second section of Talking Money in just a few minutes. The answers to most financial questions are uncovered when you understand that there are only really five uses of money and when you know exactly how much you are spending on each of those uses. At Ronald Blue Trust, our comprehensive financial planning process helps you plan for living expenses, debt, savings, taxes, and giving. Well, let's focus on saving for retirement. Planning for retirement is much more than a magic number that answers the question most people think of retirement planning, how much is enough? You need to know the answer to that question, but other questions are important to consider as well. Questions like, how will I determine what my next chapter is? How can I use my savings and investments in a tax-efficient manner? How will inflation, investment returns, and personal decisions impact my time frame? As you approach retirement, don't look at it as an end, but rather as a beginning. We don't sell any products at Rundle Blue Trust. We are fiduciaries whose only desire is to help clients be the best stewards they can be with the resources God has given them. Rundle Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money because we want you to get the answers to your questions about money with no hidden agenda to sell anything. If you'd like to learn more about Ronald Blue Trust, to find out if we can help you, please call 1-800-588-7526 and tell Chelsea you heard Mike Miller talking about Ronald Blue Trust on the radio. It would be my pleasure to speak with you further. Once again, our phone number at the Greenville office is 1-800-588-7526. Now let's go back to Talking Money to answer more of your questions. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're listening. Once again, a reminder, we're not taking live calls today. Just uh, recording this a little ahead of time. But we still want to answer your questions. So you can send those questions to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And, of course, you can get all kind of other information at TalkingMoneyRadio.com as well. So my special guest today, Sandy and Karen McCormick, we're talking a little bit about their background. Going to find out more about uh, things that influenced them while they were growing up and maybe even in their uh, early married years that influenced them about money and, and how they looked at money and, and really how that, that helped them counsel a whole lot of other people uh, about money as well. But I want to get, we, we already talked about, we got to the graduation and we talked about the kids and let's talk about, because I want people to understand what you guys did from graduation till retirement. I mean, we're going to talk about what the transition was in retirement, but People want to know how did we sure. get there? What else did you do? What influenced you to get there? So what happened? What I'll happened let Karen after, go first. What happened after uh, school? What happened after how school? Long, how long did you before you had your first child? About three years. Three years. Okay. Three years. I worked. I taught kindergarten. Okay. So we just worked hard and saved. I didn't come from a spending family. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> the seven kids. Uh, I was just sharing. Matter of fact, Kathy yes. came on with me last week. She yes. Some of the things that we did as a family, and I, I shared some of the things that my mom used to do. She used to take, because how many boys, how many girls did you there have? There were three boys and four girls. Okay. So we had the four boys. And, yeah. But, but just 
the, the amount of milk that we drink, she would always, she would make mixed powdered milk and uh, then and yes. mix it with whole milk. Yes, and then yes, same yes. thing. If we were lucky, we yeah. got some mixed in. Yes. <laughs> and you yes. had to make sure you did it early enough so it yes. gets cold because it didn't taste good yes. if it wasn't yes. really cold. Yes, that is exactly okay. right. So you grew up in, the, in, a, in a frugal family. In a frugal family. You had to, you had to be, yes. Yeah. So we just, what we didn't have, we didn't spend. Yeah. And we never, we never thought about getting stuff when you didn't have the money to get it. You yeah. just didn't do it. Right. If you didn't have the money, you didn't right. buy it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, you taught for a while and right. then and started having a family and then right. you then you stopped well, for a while. Well, I still kept... taught. I when I started having the kids, I went over to the nursery at Bob Jones University okay. and I worked in with some three year olds. That but that was a part time job. Okay. So I went to part time when when we had the kids. So you had a time and a half job because you had the kids yes, and you yes, had a half time yes. regular job. And then when our final daughter was born, I, after she was in school age, I, we, I had stayed home a little bit with okay. her. But then I went back to school and back to work at um, Bob Jones Nursery um, doing an infant room supervising. So while you were growing up, mm-hmm. the, the, was the influence that you had about money and spending money or not spending money just based on how you saw your parents living or did you actually have conversations about it? What, what influenced you about? We had conversations and when we got a little allowance and we learned from the time we were little, you put so much in savings, you put so much in a little bit of spending money and you put so much in for your church. Okay. So we, we learned that from the day we got an allowance. Okay. 25 cents a week. Probably. If we're, if maybe, maybe. Maybe that. Yeah. Get your dime or whatever right. it was. But we, yeah. had little, we had little envelopes that we put each thing in. Okay. Wow. The old, that's the Larry Burkett envelope system. Yes, yeah. yeah. So having that attitude about money, Sandy, did that differ a lot from how you grew up with, uh, with money and how your parents handled money? Um, <clears throat> probably just a little bit because we didn't have the seven kids, seven <laughs> sure. mouths to feed. Yeah. Uh, so, but my dad was a blue collar worker. Okay. You know, we had modest resources. Uh, I think what really jumped out at me was how hard my dad worked. And then um, he and my mom being generous with their time and even their modest resources, sharing those with other people. That, you noticed that that was an obvious thing. Oh, that made a profound impression on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what did you do then from graduation? So we, we got Karen's uh, bio there. So yeah. what about Sandy's? Yeah, so I served, served for a couple of years as a, a graduate assistant over at Bob Jones University okay. while I was working on a graduate degree. Um, and then I had an opportunity to um, be involved with, uh, they had an in-house advertising agency. Oh, okay. And I got a chance to work there for several years full-time that dealt with their uh at that time, their television program, ah, Show My People. Show My People, yeah. Yeah, placing that program on television stations around the country. Right. Uh, the university also had several radio programs that they placed on different radio stations. Uh, and then there was also, um, they had produced several feature-length films. Okay. And those films were rented to churches. So that all kind of fell under help. that okay. media management umbrella. Okay. So, and that was totally different yeah. than what you did in school. But it gave you some good experience because yeah. you went from there to, yeah, to business or no? Yes. So um, I started out with the television ministry answering counseling mail, which was kind of fit in with my background okay, in school, so my training sure. opportunities, right, and things like right. that. Uh, then once I got into media management associates, I started doing a lot more reading 
on my own about marketing and advertising and trying to understand more about that to be more effective in my job. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord actually opened up an opportunity and the Lord uh, gave me favor in the eyes of the administration where they allowed me to have permission to try to help a small business here in the area, ah. Newell's Pools, with... Uh, okay. Yeah, Gary Newell. I remember mm-hmm. that going back. With advertising yeah. and some marketing and all that. Yeah. So that was... Um, so so you were there because that was a... Uh, I remember that was a tragic, tragic accident when he, his plane went down with his family and yes. almost all of them passed away. Yes. Were you working at, at Newell's Pools at the time? Uh, I was doing consulting work. Okay. Uh, and uh, another friend of Gary's, Craig O'Neill, right. actually was working there full-time. He'd gotten his MBA at Furman. He was over the marketing and the sales and the advertising okay. for the okay. company. Okay. And so I was working with him. Um, yes, and when the tragic airplane accident happened and uh, most of the family members were killed and a couple survived, um, Craig and I actually went into business together That's when you started to form okay. a marketing communications okay. firm to do consulting work. Okay. So, I mean, I've known you long enough to know when all that happened, but it's been so long ago that I didn't remember. So you guys were together in business for how long? Oh, for quite. Boy. I, it was, it was several years. Yeah. Quite a while. Yes. But then, yep. and then you had a transition from right from there to the pastoral ministry or you were, you were attending heritage. I think you were, already almost yes. acting like a pastor, even though you were just an elder, you were like spending full time or something. I remember. <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> wife jokes about that. She, she, she makes a comment about uh, when I was a lay elder. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I came home and asked her about, Hey, they're asking me about the possibility of becoming a pastor. Yeah. Uh, and she goes, Oh, you mean you're going to get paid for yeah, all now you get paid for what you do. things you're doing? <laughs> you're already doing it. So, so uh, yeah, but the Lord was a uh, very kind. I, I don't know why, but the Lord impressed on me uh, to be a layman until I got into my 40s and then have some type of a ministry to lay right, people. Right. But I never at that time felt directly called to pastoral ministry. But it kind of evolved over the years as I had these opportunities to serve as a lay elder in my church for several years. And then mm-hmm. I actually became the chairman of the elder board and took us through some strategic ministry planning and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I I think it gives a pastor... Um, such a different perspective to have been in the business world for a while before they go into pastorate. Um, because if they just go right out of, out of um, school, get their seminary, they get their doctorate, and they go right into pastoring, well, they've got their own growing up years to, to relate to, but nothing in the real world, so to speak, that, that helps them relate to the specific issues that people are going through. And, and you would have had those same issues. Yes, and my business background helped me often when I was doing some counseling or advising um, of some of the members at church and things like that. And some of them that had their own businesses, you know, they were working so hard uh, to try to balance family time, Mm -hmm. work responsibilities, involvement at church, just their daily walk with the Lord. Uh, It was, and especially if you have young children, it's just an incredibly busy season of life. Yeah. Yeah. And so having a good work-life balance. I, I understand that. All right. So uh, for the minutes we have left here until the uh, bottom of the hour break, let's start talking about what's happened since uh, you left full-time pastorate. And I, I would say 
left full-time because I think you're still doing it. You're just not getting paid for it again. You're going right, back to right. part-time. I've kind of come full cycle here. I've, I've gone from being a paid staff elder to a lay elder and very happy to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, God's been kind. We've been at the same church for almost 40 years. I was wow. on pastoral staff wow. there for over 20 years. And we were there for about 15, yeah. 14, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And in my mind, I was just thinking, the church family's provided for our family for all these years. So when I, whenever I retire, my plan is not to move to Florida or somewhere else. It's just going to be to give back to the church family yeah. in retirement and to just serve the Lord. And the difference, though, that is because is we advise clients all the time who are preparing for retirement to make sure they don't retire from something, that they retire to something. Right. And you, re, uh, even though it was kind of the same thing you've been doing, but you retired to doing the same thing you were doing just on a different uh, uh, level, I guess, because you're not doing it full-time most of the time. <laughs> sometimes I... <laughs> Some of the time. Yeah, Karen, yeah. he's still doing it full-time <laughs> yes, sometimes, quite right? a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God was very kind that way. Um, I, I'd say three takeaways I have on this transition for me were finding your identity in Christ, not your work, even yeah. as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's easy to do. Yeah. Um, you're, you're just your natural, if you're active in your local church and committed there, there's no changes there in what you're doing in life. Uh, you're just continuing to be involved. Um, so for me, it wasn't uh, a huge transition. Yeah. And then I also think having a plan and having some structure, knowing what I was going to yeah. w- was really important. I mean, and I've, you work it out over the first year or two yeah. that you're making this transition. Yeah. Um, but things have really fallen. Right, so we, just got, the way. We, got, we got one minute left. So Karen, real quick. So what's it been like having uh, half, half twice as much husband and half the money? Well, it's an adjustment having <laughs> Sandy home some of the time, but it has given us opportunity together to watch grandkids. Okay. You know, I was sure. doing it when Sandy right, was working right. and now we can do it together. For, for you and the kids. And it gives us more time to volunteer for things at church mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been good. Yeah. So you haven't run into each other in the house or anything down coming down no, the hallway? No, I, I just, I leave the house if he's around too much. <laughs> we try to coordinate our schedules, but sometimes I don't communicate yeah. well. Yeah. All right. We'll get with, uh, we'll need to take a break here and come back for the second half of Talking Money. But uh, back with more about the transition and even the work with Ronald Blue Trust when we come back in just uh, a few minutes. Most of you have heard the saying, it's not what you earn, but what you keep. With all of the tax laws and legislative changes, how do you successfully navigate the complex, always changing, and mostly confusing tax system? More importantly, how do you best take advantage of these changing laws in order to improve your financial stewardship and accomplish your goals? Unlike tax preparation, tax planning is a year-round process and should be an important part of your financial plan. It's wise to consider tax reduction efforts in light of your overall goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, our tax planning process includes things like short and long-term tax projections, understanding tax consequences of financial and life decisions, estimating marginal and effective tax rates to, among other things, avoid that dreaded tax bracket creep, coordinate with your tax preparer, and looking for tax savings opportunities through income shifting, deferring income, deduction planning, and other timing strategies. For more information about our Greenville team and the credentials and experience of each of them, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Sherry White, 
Jeremy Weaver, Scott Clark, and Eddie Holland are the team leaders with a supporting team of certified financial planner professionals working right alongside of them. Feel free to contact any of them directly or give me a call at 1-800-588-7526, and I'll be happy to discuss your situation with you. The phone number again is 1-800-588-7526, or go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. Let's return now to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller. So glad you're with us today. We're taking a little break from maybe a typical talking about investments or taxes and the world economy and all those kind of things because uh, and, and not taking questions uh, because we've got a special uh, couple of people here that we're listening to. If you've been listening so far, uh, uh, Sandy and Karen McCormick are talking about some of the things that they learned in their lives, uh, from completely different families and completely different uh, sides of the country. Ended up getting together here in Greenville, South Carolina, and then made a great family and have done a, a great job with um, helping other people all their lives. And so I think uh, it's important to hear some of that story. So we already talked about what you did up until retirement and now that you've retired and some of the adjustments that you make. But when you look back over, uh, and, and sometimes this is hard to, I know you've had some time to think about it, look at, back over your life to see what, what re, real key biblical truths and, and thoughts really help shape the financial, investment, retirement states, all that kind of stuff kind of kind of goes together. And what are some things that uh, you can remember that really helped um, really shape that in your lives? So I'd say, I think for us, our view of God as a generous Heavenly Father, um, our view of Jesus Christ as someone who loved us and gave himself for us. Mm-hmm biblical truths such as just the humility of Christ that's talked about in Philippians 2 where it says he didn't look on his own interests but on our interests mm-hmm. so we're to look on the interests of others uh, of course you've got verses in the Old Testament and New Testament that just talk about any wealth or material possessions we have I mean God owns it all yeah. we're just a lot of verses managers. about money yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I think over 2,300, if I yeah. remember right. Um, I think whatever talent, you know, income, material possessions, ultimately comes from him. So I think that's really important as far as um, gratitude. Uh, the scriptures talk about hard work, about providing for your family. You've got the warning in Thessalonians about someone who's lazy and won't work. Um, you've got verses in the Old and New Testament about a man providing for his family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but one of the verses I think is really interesting is Ephesians 4.28, where it talks about one of the transforming powers of the gospel that's evidenced is the guy that steals and is actually taking from other people. Like, he's changed. Mm-hmm. And he starts working, but it says there that he works not just to provide for himself, but to give to those who have a need. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a 180 it really is of yeah. taking from others to actually working to give to others. Yeah. So, well, you might be familiar with halftime that ministry, but they that that's one of the things that they really stress, especially for more successful business people, to say, all right, what's the best thing for you to do? Is it really best for you to retire and just ride off in the sunset and just take your money and play, yeah. or do you keep working at your current job and and start using those funds to help other people who need it? And people don't think of 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 Christianity, biblical principles being 
being that specific on how you should handle your funds. Um, Because people question me fairly often. So what do you mean by you guys advise people using biblical principles? Well, all these things you're talking about. And then a lot of things that people think of as, well, that's just practical common sense. Well, if you look at it, it's in the Bible. And Mm -hmm. and so it'll never change because truth will never change. Right. So, so, uh, Karen, when you're uh, just because you grew up in that very frugal family, and so you were able to, I guess, uh, rein in Sandy for all this wild spending. <laughs> I, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you guys just uh, were consistent at saving and putting aside. What 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 do you remember about those days? Well, it isn't it wasn't super hard for me to save because I just don't like to spend. Yeah. So that part wasn't hard. But, I mean, I th- did things like you know, only get things that are on sale and yeah. even go to thrift stores and, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which is just the way I grew up. So it wasn't a hard adjustment. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's a harder adjustment really for me to give away things because I never was really able to do that because I really never had much to give Nothing away. You have no excess. Yeah. Right. So it's funny when you're saying some of these things because they're the exact things that Kathy did and, mm-hmm. and, and coupons. Did you get oh, yes, coupons? Oh, yes, yes, yeah? yes. You save a lot of money. It's tax-free yes, savings yes, yes. When, you, when you save that money. Still doing coupons, <laughs> yeah. getting ready to go on a date after this. And we have a coupon book out in the car, and that's my wife's idea of ambiance is where can we go to get a buy one, get one. <laughs> I don't think you can go as far as my folks. They talked about Celebrating the anniversary, they went to Wendy's and, yeah. and split a baked potato. Like, no, San, okay. Sandy, no that, no, that wouldn't fly with him. No, <laughs> let's, let's not go that. Let's not yeah. go that far. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, that that uh, gives us an idea of just your just how you act, and mm-hmm. part of your DNA is mm-hmm. is to save money like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about uh, uh, we'll switch because I uh, we want to spend some time talking about how you became clients of Rendezvous Trust. I mean, I. We've done some even business when I was in the insurance business like like decades ago. Yeah. And and a lot of as they say, water under the bridge since then. Uh and and then you, when you retired and there were some things that you wanted to um to make sure were taken care of. So tell us about uh the the um experience. I guess maybe why you why you wanted to do it to begin with and let's we'll ask both of you what what kind of things did you cover that you think are really important for most couples to to talk about. Okay, so I don't think people understand the full value of doing the little things each week when Karen talks about saving money like she did. Mm -hmm. Like, you think about being married over 40 years, that's like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that wasn't spent on fill-in-the-blank. Yeah. And so we had money to go into savings. We had money to go into an emergency fund. We had money to invest toward retirement. We had money to give away to others and help meet the needs of others. Yeah. And, but you didn't really feel necessarily that you were sacrificing like, Oh, I'm, I'm just sacrificing myself so much. No. Cause I you mean, were smart about it. You were smart about how you spend the money or didn't spend the money. Yes. And we're so blessed here in this country oh, uh, yeah. with um, all that God's given to us and provided for us. So, um, so I think go ahead. No, I was just going to switch it to Karen. Yeah. So I, I know you've talked about in some we've talked before about debt. So mm-hmm. what are some things there that that you think helped your overall cash flow? Okay. Well, we never we always bought a car with cash, mm-hmm. so we never had car <clears throat> payment. So that that 
That helps. That would help yeah. a monthly sure. thing. And sure. we just kept our consumer debt down. We just didn't buy a bunch of stuff. We bought food. <laughs> we paid for our house. Yeah. Bought clothes. But I mean, just thrift store clothes. Yeah. I mean, we just didn't buy a lot of, we didn't need a lot of toys and extras. So all that all that stuff, not having car debt, consumer mm-hmm, debt, mm-hmm. when you came to Ronald Blue Trust just to do a plan, I mean, that mm-hmm. makes it a, a, a kind of a dream uh, plan for a planner that says, okay, this person's cash flow is already under control. I don't yes. need to control that. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about other things. So what are the, mm-hmm. what are the things that, that you guys covered when you're, because when you're, you work with, with Scott Clark and the Everyday mm-hmm. Stewart uh, Department Division and, mm-hmm. and uh, the Greenville office. So what were some things that uh, you guys reviewed in there that you think are really, were really beneficial, you really liked? I, I'd say the detailed plan. Like okay. you have to, all the information that, <clears throat> that the advisors ask for, it's very humble. Real nosy. It's, <laughs> yes, but you have to have it. I mean, they have to have it to right. be able to give you advice. And then, I mean, we've tried to read and study on our own too, but you don't know what you don't know. And, and my assumption as a consultant is if somebody else is doing this 40 hours a week, every week of the year, they ought to know a lot more about <laughs> that particular area yeah. of life or topic than you do. Yeah, they should. So the very first thing was Scott helping update and create a financial plan for us and like go through like our retirement budget. He wanted to hear about that. and What was our retirement income? What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Were we, was it going to be sustainable for us to live on, mm-hmm. you know, and then we talked of course about mutual funds and some of our investments that we had there, some of our accounts. Um, but we also talked about the rental properties that we own. Okay. We just have a couple of those. And it starts getting more complicated when you're trying to, to coordinate yeah. all that with some of the tax issues that go along with, mm-hmm. with yeah. those kind of investments. Sure. Right. And then we're, tr- and we're trying to update even our will. I mean, we knew we, we had a will in place for years, but, you need to update those things, I would say, more frequently than we did. We should have done it more frequently looking yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So, All right. Well, we're going to continue this conversation in the last segment of Talking Money. So uh, stay tuned because there's some more information that we want to have them share about the estate planning and some of the things that um, that were helpful when they were speaking with Scott in the, in the local Ronald Blue Trust office, the Everyday Steward Division. So we'll be back with the last segment of Talking Money in just a few minutes. Virtually every financial services firm talks about financial and investment planning based on your goals. At Ronald Blue Trust, we can help you define your goals. And we'll do that from your personal cash flow to your income tax to your state and investments to help ensure that your decisions really do reflect your values. We incorporate biblical principles into our comprehensive financial planning approach. Our goal is to help you clarify your decision making and focus on leaving a legacy of financial, social, and spiritual capital. And whether we realize it or not, the decisions we make in life reflect our values and our priorities. Decisions we make today can have lifetime implications. There are rarely independent decisions. A comprehensive financial plan includes things like planning for short-term cash needs, long-term retirement, proactively minimizing debt, continually evaluating the tax consequences of your decisions, funding your child's or grandchild's education, and determining your insurance needs. No financial plan, however, is worth doing unless you actually implement your plan. Our process takes you directly from goal setting to the implementation. 
I think, we think, there's a good chance your financial stress level will improve when you understand how all of the components of your financial life integrate with each other and how to adjust over time. So we can guide you through a detailed plan towards sound financial decisions, wise stewardship, and a roadmap to your desired destination, a life well spent. For more information, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville or call 1-800-588-7526. Once again, the number is one 800 588-7526. Now back to more of Talking Money. And you're listening to Mike Miller. This is Talking Money. So glad you're with us today. So just a, another quick reminder, if you want to send me a question, we're not taking questions live today, but you can send those questions to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And I'll get those on, respond to them then, or we'll catch them on a future episode and show that we'll do it at a future time. But we want to answer your questions, and that's what we're there for. Uh, there's no question that's that's too silly or uh, too complicated. I've got people that I can talk to if I need to get one that, if I get a question that's something that uh, I'm not familiar with, I'll make sure we get the right answer. And we get questions from all over. So uh, Sandy and Karen McCormick are my guests today. And Sandy being from California, you'd be interested. So we had a caller from California last week oh. called in. So he was live. So okay. it was, mm -hmm. had to be seven something out there when he when he called in. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it says interesting, uh, some some good comments and, and then some that um, were a little harder to, to try to answer all at once. But uh, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I know the, the some of you listening by, by blog, so you're not listening live to the show. Uh, you definitely cannot call in, of course, to answer your questions, uh, to ask your questions. You'll need to send those to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So we've been talking about uh, Sandy and Karen uh, McCormick's history and how they got here. We're talking about retirement. Now we're talking about as clients of Ronald Blue Trust. And, of course, client, different clients have different experiences. So we're not trying to say that everybody that comes in to, to visit with one of the uh, advisors we have at Ronald Blue Trust is going to get the same experience. Some are better, maybe some are worse, mm -hmm. but uh, that's one of those compliance caveats I've got to say. Nope. You know? so, um, but, but there were some key things that I think that, uh, that Scott helped you with that uh, I think just made important, especially uh, Sandy, maybe you as, I mean, Karen, as a um, spouse, and, yes. uh, and, and what uh, yes. really made you maybe feel more comfortable than you were before you went in. Well, as a wife, you know, you sometimes think about what would happen financially if something happened to your husband. Mm -hmm. And Sandy handles all the financial, I mean, a lot of the financial sure. stuff. So sure. you kind of worry about that a little bit if something should happen to him. And it was, I was just very thankful to have our will and all of our um, um, estate planning updated and spelled out. And I, I, really thought, well, if I don't quite get everything that I'm being told, I know I can go to Scott yeah. and, and he'll, and he'll help me yeah. if, if I need help and I'm not remembering, or I don't know the answer to this. And I knew Sandy would have taken care of everything and got it yeah. in order. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's uh, quite often uh, we're the first call that a spouse right. makes. I believe it. Yeah. It's to, it's us to, mm -hmm. to try to make sure that, okay, what am I doing? What do mm -hmm. I do next? And mm -hmm. I don't want to mess things up. Mm -hmm. Because it's the first time a widow or widower typically has gone through that situation right. where we've gone through it many times with yes. clients over the years, more times than we'd like to. But that's that's just, I guess, what we signed up for because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have clients that pass away and you want to you want to be there. And to um, to me, when I see the difference between a 
uh, client, who, a new client who comes in as a widow, yes. maybe as a recent widow, yes. versus uh, being uh, a, becoming a widow as clients. Right. It's such a huge difference in right. their, their trust level, yes. their comfort level, and everything because they, they feel like, well, everything is, is in place. Right. And I know I've got things to, and, and, and we've had, I can't tell you how many people have come in with the husband when they came in said, I, I came in here, even though I think I can handle things, because Sandy, you can handle a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff on your own, but, mm-hmm. but, but I want to make sure it's almost like an insurance payment I'm paying mm-hmm. to the advisor so that if something ever happens to me, I know my surviving spouse has, has somebody to work with that's, that's um, not going to bring them down the wrong road, right. has their back. Right. That's exactly, exactly right, Mike. That's one of the big reasons that I'm, I'm happy. I don't, I don't, I know I'm paying Ronald Blue Trust, but I actually think of it as an investment in our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I didn't quite realize until we kind of got done with our sessions with Scott and with the Christian attorney that he connected us to and all that was, of course, you take care of your investment plan and your retirement plan and your estate plan so that you'll glorify the Lord and minister to your family when you die. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I realized until Karen and I had some follow-up conversation is, no, I'm actually ministering to her every day right now by having these plans in place. It's, it's not just going to be ministering to her whenever God calls me home. No, I'm having the privilege of ministering to her. And even to our adult children who are like, if something happens to dad, what does he want us to do? And yeah, right. how does he want us to take care of mom? Uh, this is a gift that I've, I've tried to humbly give out of love for Karen and love to our adult kids. We've had many situations where that's come in, where the child has come in and maybe the child comes in with the, the, their mother Mm -hmm. or their father. Usually Mm -hmm. it's the mother, but Mm -hmm. it's, it happens with the father too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they just don't know what to do. And then things were written down and they, and then they start finding out we've had some, some that have ceased. They start finding out, well, this person had like bank accounts all over town and, Mm -hmm. and didn't tell anybody that they had them. (laughs) Or they have money hidden. I mean, and I encourage people, if you've got, especially parents from those ages, from those generations, they're, they're, there's probably some money hidden in some books or something else because they... <laughs> Under the mattress. Or whatever. They're, they're yeah. going to hide it someplace yeah. because they just are so fearful. If they were anywhere near the Depression era, right. like, wow, we need to make sure we have something. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, don't throw things away. Make sure you, <laughs> make sure you look through them. What was some other resource now with your kids? I know you've talked about some of the other resources, uh, some books and things that that, uh, that Scott gave you or you found on your own. or Yeah, so, of course, um, one of the big things that I've really appreciated uh, during our year and a half already with uh, Ronald Blue is the free and paid resources that they make available to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how the firm challenges us to think about ways to share our resources. I mean, Scott did a great job helping, like, rebalance our portfolio to be more conservative because we're older and you're supposed to have a more conservative. <laughs> but, I mean, thankfully, he did that before the market started taking its downturn. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even since then, he's been so good to communicate with us about um, historically kind of here's how things have happened in the stock market and the bond market when there's been a downturn. Yeah. And, you know, here's what's happened once the market starts to go back up. Yeah. 
So, well, and help keep you from doing a knee jerk reaction. One of the, one of the benefits that I think we provide our clients is that when things go down, mm-hmm. that you don't uh, that you don't panic and get out. Mm-hmm. Then, right. and it's one of the questions that that I pose to people who are starting to get more concerned yeah. is the same question I posed when after nine eleven. So, mm-hmm. was it safer to fly before nine eleven or after nine eleven? Well, it's safer to fly after because we put all those things in place mm-hmm. once things mm-hmm. went down. Well, almost the same thing with the stock market. Is it was it safer January first or safer now? Well, when it goes down twenty percent, when's it safer? Well, it's safer now, <laughs> and and so when is the time to to buy things would be now. Not mm-hmm. you don't want to get out. If you wanted to get out, you should have got out in January. Mm-hmm. Don't get out. Don't get out now. Uh, so uh, you've been able to share some of these same philosophies and with the kids and maybe go through some of the material with them or yeah so one of the biggest uh influences on me i think from the ronald blue resources was the book called faces of generosity it's like Ah, a compilation of stories about Mm -hmm. ronald blue clients different ones using their skills and abilities and the resources to impact lives around Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. and so i just thought man we got to be more intentional with our kids and our grandkids about that so this past christmas Karen came up with the idea of instead of buying presents in a sense for grandma and grandpa, yeah. let's uh, have the grandkids buy items that are needed by the Piedmont Women's Center, uh, Women's Center. Center mm-hmm. Ministry. Right, right. And uh, grandma and grandpa, they can give them to us on Christmas. We'll unwrap them. And then... Um, and then they'll take them and give them away? Yes, I mean, yes. Ah, and we'll take them. Cool. We, we took the kids with us to Piedmont Women's Center to donate the items. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we've started just this past year was, as a collective family, we're going to identify one missions project. Uh-huh. Like one family member is going to pick a particular project of somebody that they're already supporting or something. And the rest of us are going to pray about how much the Lord yeah. would have us give toward that project. We're going to do that as a family. Yeah. I think one of the things that the listener needs to realize is, is you guys aren't the multimillionaires that are giving this money away. No, we're everyday stewards. Yeah, I mean, it's like, <laughs> and, and so many people listening go, ah, okay, well, they just have more money to do it. No, it's not. It's it's being generous with whatever God gives you. And even if it's in a smaller way to do that, you'll you'll feel more fulfilled than you would because the one who gives generally is the one who is the 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 most fulfilled and uh, gets the most joy from it, not the person who gets it. The person who gets it yeah. certainly does, but the person who gave it, Oh mm-hmm. man, you don't realize uh, what that did. So, real quick, with a minute left, uh-huh. with your expectations going into to work with Scott and Ronald Trust, mm-hmm. um, were those expectations met? Were they exceeded? What What do you think? What you were, I don't know what you're expecting. So, well, I I I have really appreciated his follow up. Okay, like he would make suggestions of things we should do. And he'd follow up with us afterwards, and sometimes we'd done them. Accountability. And sometimes we hadn't, and I <laughs> yes, appreciate I still it. have to follow up on one. <laughs> okay. And I appreciate his follow-up, you know, to make sure we're following through with those things. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks, guys, so much for joining me today. We enjoyed hearing your story. and, and uh, Happy to do it. Uh, so look forward to spending some more time with you some of the time. So uh, 800-588-7526 is my number at the office if you'd like to give me a call to see if we can help you as well. Have a great week, and thanks for listening this week to Talking Money. Talking Money. 